Welcome to House Common Blood, where strangers are family. Every episode may contain graphic content, such as copious amounts of blood, unnecessary cursing, death of all ages, infantile to immortal, fantasy drug use, nudity, and perhaps mentions of sex, and sound effects of various qualities. We cannot stress enough that this is mature content with adult themes. You have been warned. I wish I got a warning. Etching on it, and uh, the end says the Hobblejacks rest. And you give it a firm knock, and you see a woman on the inside. She is an older woman. Uh, you remember her from her your childhood because she'd give you big sweets. Uh, she looks at you and goes, "Oh, dust! Come in! Come in! Come in!" And motions you in really quick, along with uh, Cobalt. And I'm assuming you have no argument against that. <laughs> Uh, to, to make it specifically, it's a little disconcerting. She is an old orc woman. Basically, like, she's only about, just a little higher than, uh, uh, Cobalt, so about three foot. So she's, she's that decrepit and old that she's reduced to that kind of height. That's like half her height. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like six feet. <laughs> yeah, I know, on average, but this, that, it just goes show how old this woman is. Honestly, no one knows how old she is. She is also probably is walking around with a hunch, so that's just reducing yep, it even too. further. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like she has a walking cane and all, but she has she has a side braid that you'd see from um, uh, you know uh, young goths. You know, like uh, one side shaved and the other side like is a braided hair. So it's a weird style on old granny. But she motions you in. Uh, do you guys go in? Yeah. Okay. And I still out of breath, Cobalt <laughs> follows in with Dusty Kitty. So uh, this woman, you know her as Hobble. And uh, as you guys are walking in, you have like a, a sweet hearth blowing, or you know, like the smoky uh, hickory smell of the hearth uh, uh, basically going at full blaze. You see an old man with a crossbow rocking back and forth in front of the back door. The front door is boarded up and as is the windows. And he has white hair coming out of his ears. This man is just a human. And his name is Jack. And you know know this guy, Dust. But, you know, he's pointed a crossbow at you a couple times, especially with your past. And thankfully, he's never shot at you. <laughs> we meet again, Dust! Coming here to steal something? And he aims his crossbow at you. <laughs> oh. No, I came here to seek help. I tossed the bell cut on the floor. My friend's unconscious. What was that? And he just like, you know, does a classic uh, hand over the ear. I'm going to give Velcut a quick kick, point at him and be like, help. Oh, we got sweets. Denise? And like, you know, the woman who helped you in. She's like, yes. Denise, can we have sweets for our guest? And, like, she's shutting the door and goes, One second, one second, and she goes off to the kitchen. And basically, he's still rocking back and forth with the crossbow. He has no idea what the hell you're talking about. He just assumes you guys are hungry. <laughs> but this is an inn. Uh, you can uh, find yourself a room. 
if you so desire, and, uh, you know, possibly give him medical attention. Mega, I, I know you can be a little bit louder than me with your fancy spells. Can you, can you get through to this almost deaf guy? <laughs> and the old man looks at Cobalt and goes, You have a dog now? You know what, Cobalt just, like, gets down on the ground, rolls onto his back. <laughs> and the old man, you see, like, a childlike quality to the guy's eyes as he, like, gently puts down the crossbow, the bolt goes out from the trigger, hit, hits the, like, side of the wall, and he, like, grabs his cane and, like, comes forward, gets down at one knee, like, you hear his, like, joints popping, and him groaning, like, oh, 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 I'm gonna feel that tomorrow. And, like, he just, like, gives you a stomach rub and goes, what do you need, my friend? And then, in this exact moment, uh, Cobalt is going to minor illusion above him uh, what Dust said, but a little louder. <laughs> no. Uh, is it in your voice, though? Or it like is in Dust's voice. voice. He's basically, he's basically okay. just copying it. <laughs> but a little louder. Uh, and he goes, uh, Timmy went down in a well! Denise! And, like, you hear, like, the old woman in the kitchen, she goes, I know, I know, that kid needs to stop playing in the well. And, like, Jack just goes, no, he fell in the well this time. And she goes, what? And he just starts off, like, a, a tangent about Timmy falling in the well. <laughs> oh, it's okay, boy. I think they're just senile. They won't even hear me saying this. And he looks up at you and just says, we're not senile, we just like to fuck with people. <laughs> yeah, she's just giving a little stomach rub and just goes, uh, tries to get back up, and it hurts. And again, he's groaning. And uh, he's going about into a uh, medical cabinet that he has. And uh, he gives you, like, a few herbs and ointments, but no health potion. He uh, just tells you, make sure to wrap him up with this gauze, but... Put the ointment and the alcohol on first, then he just gives you a couple instructions. And he just goes, why are you traveling with a kobold? Kobold, this looks like a question for you. How did you get here? Why are you here? Why are you acting like a dog? <laughs> kobold just learned to assume the position. He just gives you a prolonged stare. This deathly silent. So, Dust, make sure to put on this ointment. Then he goes to sit back down on his chair and pick up the crossbow. He's like, ah, dang, nabbit. And, like, struggles to, like, pull back at the string to put another arrow in. Uh, do you guys take a room? Yeah, we're just going to take a room. Uh, would these herbs that he gave me count as a herbalism kit? Uh, no, I would say, like, uh, if you wanted to use them right now, they'd bring uh, a Velcut conscious right now and uh basically allow him to take the benefits of a long rest let's just do that put the alcohol on first okay um does anyone do anything else before a long rest uh, no nope. actually since uh, since Cobalt doesn't have to pretend kind of like uh yeah he will kind of like wander up to the uh you know the the older gentleman and say sir uh and he looks at you and goes, I didn't see it at first. My eyesight isn't what it used to be. And he looks at you and goes, but I've given a lot of belly rubs in my day. And your belly? 
There ain't no dogs, Belly. I remember giving a belly rub to a tribe of cobalt. This kind of a similar color to you, too. And he's just rocking back and forth, back and forth, smoking a pipe of blue tobacco. So, like, the breath is blue. Cobalt perks up. What? The opens the other cobalt? Where? Where? Yes, yes. Now, where was it? North? No, maybe south? East? Uh, Denise! And you hear, like, the woman from the kitchen again going, What? Where did I go to see those uh, funny-looking creatures? The scaly ones? The cobalts? Yeah, the cobalts. And she thinks about it for a second. She brings out, like, uh, a variation of uh, cinnamon buns. Uh, not exactly, though. It doesn't have a caramel on top. It's more of a... Uh, it has, like, a blue... Uh, 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 what the hell is it called? Uh, a blue frosting to it. And it tastes more like a cupcake than anything else. But looks like a little, little donut or a cinnamon bun. And she gives one out to you. Uh, do you eat it, Cobalt? It just like Cobalt looks at it, like kind of like gives it a lick first. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when you lick it, it does taste like watermelon for some reason. Just like blinks really confused, but uh, yeah. uh, he likes the taste of watermelon, so he bites into it. <laughs> yep, you you bite into it as initial taste of watermelon. Then it tastes like it. The insides taste like a strawberry filling, but the outside tastes like a watermelon. God, I really should be a baker. That actually sounds like a really good idea. Mm. Anyways, uh, you uh, bite into it, and basically it's that heavenly moment where the sun shines down on you, and it's one of the better things you've had lately. So uh, they discuss it for a little bit and go, it was, now where was it again? And she goes, eh, the war mark. And he goes, oh yeah, the the volcanic range, yep, yep, that was it, that was it. Uh, the worm range, you've ever been there? Cobalt, no, no, where Cobalt is. Cobalt, no, no, where everything's saying name is. And Cobalt really lost, and Cobalt really scared, and Cobalt, everything tried to hurt Cobalt, and... <laughs> it, the old woman shoves, like, another, like, sweet treat in your mouth and gives you a small pat on the head and goes, It's alright, <laughs> honey, it's alright. <laughs> Yep. And the old man goes, well, you're you're on the wrong side of the ocean. You see, we're we're on the Ink Sea right now, the Black Sea. You want the one up north. And like after they explain it a little bit, it is at fastest a three week journey to get from this coast to the one up north. And if you want to go there, it's it's honestly like uh Let's see, the best way to put it. It's basically a Lewis and Clark journey. You're going from one side to the other. Uh, from one ocean to the other. He, when he's on to, plops onto his butt and just like, mm. starts crying and sniffling. Go away! It's it's a hike. He hobbles over to over the hearth. You see like uh, picture frames of maps. And he goes, I was a cartographer back in my day. And he like brushes his hand against the glass and you see like he points to the bottom and this entire continent looks like a ring this entire world i've explored i can't remember half of it but he traces his finger but when i remember something i remember it he tells you it's a three-week journey 
and it won't be easy. Granted, going from bottom to top is the shortest journey as compared to going all the way from left to the right. But let me tell you this, if you don't have a friend, if you don't have someone you can trust, might as well get comfy in the harbor. And after showing you his little map, he goes to sit right down with the oomph and he picks up uh, the crossbow. And you actually see a demon try to hobble inside, one of the ones you're used to. And at the moment he like the demon comes in, you see like an arrow shoot through the eye. And then like the woman coming down with like a, uh, a hammer on the head. And it, 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 it hits a lot harder than you think it would. It, it breaks it like a melon. And it's on the floor and she just like struggles to push it outside but she puts it on a pile of like random demon corpses as she shuts the door green, green lady really powerful you should have seen me 20 years ago 20 years too late if you ask me what was that nothing honey and you just see him just smoking his pipe rocking back and forth as the woman goes back to the kitchen cleaning up a bit uh is that it for you um, if you want, you can make a check to try to memorize the path that uh, he showed you. Thank you. Cobalt will make Cobalt will make this attempt. All right, uh, just make an intelligence check. Um, and we'll say with um, I'll give you a choice of uh, insight or perception, whichever is higher. Well, they should be about the same. So uh, we'll say and whatever one you favor, perception or insight, if you favor either one. All right. So if uh, if we're rolling with intelligence, then uh, it'll be uh, an additional two to the roll. <laughs> you try, and again, like smoke comes out of your ears with the roll of uh, I believe that's seven, right? Seven or nine? Uh, it would be uh, with the additional uh, two. It would be a nine. I accidentally yeah. for some yeah. reason it's rolling two. Reverse, yeah. Okay. Um. Anyways, uh. Uh, you try to do it with a uh, roll of a nine, and uh, smoke comes out of your ears. You can't get it through your head. But you do remember, like, some of the plotting points. And one of the points is you have to get across a mountain range called the Enchilius Mountain Range, basically. Uh, that's the only thing you can remember, and that's because it had the biggest, you know had the biggest text had the most texture to show like what it was and how far extended it doesn't look like there's a way past it besides going through it but that's all you get is that from from the harbor and the bottom of the coast to like the top coast there's a mountain range in between and you don't know anything else besides that hey old man dust sunny what do you want do you happen to have any extra paper and Perhaps charcoal or pens laying around? I can go to the store tomorrow, but no, we don't. All we have is our ledger. Could I steal a back page out of that? Well, not steal, but borrow. And he just gives you a look and goes, Where's the payment for the room today? It comes tomorrow, of course. Then the paper comes tomorrow, too. And he just gives you, like, a... Oh, look, he's not going to kick you out because of how dangerous it is at night, but he's, like, right now, it's like, all right, this fucking preloader. <laughs> so I'll offer him uh, ten arrows. <laughs> you give him the arrows, and he just shakes a head at you and goes, just take the damn paper and gives him back. He doesn't want your arrows. <laughs> 
So if you want, you can take a piece of parch uh, parchment, a bit of uh, paper, and uh, you can do a, uh, let's see, I think what would be the best way to do this? Um, We'll do an insight, and you can put it underneath dexterity since you're writing it. And basically, it's just a way of, like, shorthanding a complex map into something you can remember. Oh, can I trace it? We'll say, we'll say that's tracing. But it's basically, like, you're, you're shorthanding the important details. Um, just give me a dexterity insight roll. Twelve. So, uh, it'll, be, it'll be higher than that, wouldn't, wouldn't it? My dex is plus dexterity. three. Yeah, so you got 15. Oh, your wisdom is also three? That Okay, I didn't know that part. Oh, no, I have... um proficiency well yeah then you would add an extra an extra three because right now would be or an extra two excuse me mm. we'll say it's enough and i'll fill you guys in uh, later what the exact like plot points from getting point a to point b is but we can just see like dust uh, sketching out then uh we're gonna have a long rest and that will bring us to a break then we'll come back with a uh, campfire story i really yeah, I was going to say, I just want to get another hour in, at least. Um, okay, uh, since since you're not all together, we're going to do a campfire story. And I would like to do a roll, but, you know, Cobalt went last time. So how we're going to do this is I'm going to assume Cobalt and uh, Dust are sharing a turn, or like a, sharing a room. And Cobalt, ask Dust a question that you're curious about. And Dust, give back a uh, story about your life or some experience you had. We'll see, like, what you get, depending on how good it is. See, Katie? Yeah? So, Cobalt, not sure, but why Dusty Kitty have, or had, so many little people? Well, Cobalt, when I was young, I was also an orphan. I grew up on these streets, and a man a little while back took care of me, showed me the ropes so I wouldn't starve to death. I didn't want to, you know, steal and pillage for food like all these other rapscallions do. I wanted to be good. So, I wanted to teach other ones unlucky as myself in their birth to do the same. Tried my best to raise them to be kind kids, to, you know, make the best of what they got. That's why I took them in. But Wait, Kobo confused. What's confusing? What orphan? <laughs> so, when a mommy and daddy have a little one, that creates a baby. And not every mommy and daddy wants to take care of that little baby. So, like <laughs> me, I never knew my mother or father. So Wait, wait, Kobo confused again. What? What <laughs> a mommy and a daddy? Kobo, do you know how you were made? Kobo, mm -hmm. know how Kobo was made. So, Kobo, how were you made? Cobalt was made with egg. All right. And with that egg, were you? did you have to be warmed up? Mm, Cobalt thinks so, yeah. Well, no one was there to warm up my egg. So when I, when I hatched from the egg, I didn't see anyone outside of it. Much like a lot of these kids, which we call orphans. So if no one's there to warm their eggs, they're called orphans. Cobalt understand. So they're like cobalt with no clutch. Exactly. So I didn't want them to starve, you know, they had to look for food themselves. I brought them in, wanted to take care of them and have them grow up to be good people, not stealers, muggers, thugs, because we have enough of them in this city. And that's when I created From Dust Till Gold, and now it's in ruins. Cobalt, 
can't imagine growing up without Clutch and Master. So, Dusty Kitty do good thing for a while. <laughs> it's like you can't help but think back to the, the bloody mess. <laughs> okay. Yes, for a while. Uh, okay, does that uh, end your little little thing? <laughs> yes, that'll end it. Okay, uh, buddy, make me a 1d4 roll. Straight. Uh, write down that you have 10 uh, temporary hit points. Uh, this will go on until your next long rest. So, you'll have it for the day. Next day, if you don't use them up, they'll disappear. Okay. Right. Okay, uh, now let's uh, go in order. Uh, first, Leo, um, as you go to sleep... Ah, uh, yeah, I suppose. Well, what did you guys exactly do again? Let me do the EXP really quick. Okay. You ran uh, like hell. Can, can someone tell me uh, uh, what what's level 3 at? Was that uh, 800? 900. 900? Mm, how nice do I feel like being? You did give us a deadly encounter and took away our magic at the same time. That that was accounted for. And I did adjust a DXP for that. Mm. And you guys have been at level 2 for a bit. Only like one session. Mm. How do you feel we did in the chase? Well, to Fine. be fair, we were only level two for one session because we hadn't had a long rest for a couple sessions. <laughs> God damn it. Mm. Well, do you have your level threes ready? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, if you have them ready, I'll give you guys 150 EXP for that chase. Because that was pretty good, and you guys did some good role-playing that entire time. Unfortunately, John, you don't level up. Mega, Cake, you do. Let me do the math really quick. Uh, you guys can update your sheets really quick. Nope. You guys are you know, right on dot. Right. John, you're getting closer. You're almost there. I want to be more eloquent. Eventually. Just need like one more good push. If you were to have one more chasing like that, you'd level up. So, cause some trouble. Let's see. Okay. Start a fight with all the junkies. Okay, well, since you guys like uh, uh, wanted to level up, uh, and you guys feel like you're ready. Uh, Cobalt Dust, in that order, tell me what your next level is. What do you get? Like, uh, what subclass did you pick? I'm curious. I'll let Mega go first. Yep, that's what I said. Well, I mean, with, uh, I mean, with Wizards, it's not, uh, not too special at level, uh, level three. Like, uh, as per Tasha's, though, uh, they do now get, uh, cantrip formulas, which means that they can, uh, trade out, uh, one of their cantrips, uh, during a long rest. Um, and they also obviously get access to level two spells. Nice. Nice. All right. Uh, Dust, what do you get? So I'm having nightmares of my kids dying over and over again, as I'm seeing their bloody bodies everywhere, wishing I could do something. I'm instantly brought back to me performing on the streets in front of crowds to turn a coin. As I'm juggling, I'm decided to do daggers, a little something interesting to add some more flavor to my performance, perhaps turn some more coin. As I'm juggling, they begin to slowly change color to that of a bluish purple hue, and they're beginning to you know, flow more freely, and no one else seems to be noticing anything. They're looking at me with weird stares. They start to all walk away, and then when I wake up, I look at my hands, and I see two purplish bluish 
looking psionic blades in my hands. Honestly, thought you're gonna say like you're juggling balls and like you know as the people start going away, like it starts to turn into kids' heads or some shit like that. Um, oh no! Yeah, that, that would have been creepy. It's like dust, dust. Like, you know, American Dad when he's like <laughs> yeah. juggling the cat heads. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. That starts taking bites of him. Nope, nope. No, Anyways, yeah, I, that's cool. I can manifest psychic blades from my free hand and make an attack with them. Oh, that's bitching. But yeah, like uh that power stemmed from your nightmare. That's awesome. And okay. also these these yeah, blades right. leave no trace if I were to attack with them. It does what do you psychic mean? damage. Oh, so it leaves no wounds? Awesome. Okay. Um wow. So uh you got those two and uh the hobble jack, uh, or the hobble jack rest. Leo, you wake up. And as you wake up, you are in a, not abandoned building, but like a, uh, it's a small shack. And you see the number eight carved into where you were. And if you were to leave, you would see that's a row of shacks. It goes eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, with each shack in an alleyway. All of them separated. So if you want to investigate, you might be able to find a noble here, or you might not. Depends how long you're asleep for. Well, first of all, I'm going to be pretty disgusted when I wake up. Yep. Yeah, it's not clean. It's disgusting. In fact, you've had a few spiders and cockroaches crawl on you. I, um, press to digitize myself <laughs> to clean myself up. You can, you can clean yourself up all you want, but that image will stick with you for the day. Ew. Uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll take a, a gander around. And weirdly enough, like, uh, as you're going along, opening up each one, there is no one inside of each of the little shacks. But you do see it. Seven, six, so on and so forth. Like, the numbers of each room you saw before are carved crudely into each shack. So, that's nice to know. Um, I can't remember. Did I name that uh, little little hooker, Stan? No, uh, you did not. You just said it was, like, a, a bunny girl. Yeah. Uh, let's say uh, the the name of the joint that you went into. That's my bad. I should have detailed it. Um, the Flying Lotus. That was the name of it. Uh, if you want, uh, you can stay in this really... You could probably investigate this community if you want. Find the boys. You can do whatever you want. Uh, today, I want to clarify to all of you, you don't have to like stay together. And there's really nothing pressing too much on today's agenda if you want to tell me what you do for the day you can we can have this as you know a free day to explore the city maybe do some side quests to give you guys more items money things like that uh yeah i think uh, i'm gonna check out the area and um scope out to see like because i'm guessing this is a part of town i've not normally been to no uh, actually, the first time you went to this part of town was uh, the dragon incident with the orphan, and uh, that didn't turn out too well. That was up here. So I'm gonna look for some uh, mm -hmm. business acquaintances to mm -hmm. talk shop. Are you trying to find drug dealers or make contacts? What are you trying to do here? No, not not like like more like a actual businesses, like uh okay. like you know like there's you know that even in the slums you know there's the one guy who's. Is doing better than everyone else. Yeah, trying to make an honest living. 
or just like the 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 big dog like the the guy who's who's got more money than than the rest of the town like the rest of the neighborhood okay yeah so you're looking for people that pull their weight around here that seem to have like a good rain on the area all right so so I'm not going to go in detail about that just yet, but I just want to get an idea for what everyone's doing, see if you guys cross paths during the day. All right. Um, Dust, Cobalt, well, what's your plans for the day? Give me like a decent idea. Are you guys going to visit back at the orphanage, you know, give proper burials? Well, I believe the demons picked them clean. You believe that, but you never investigated. So anything could have really happened. And are you really, would your character just leave that alone or what, what's happening here? I'm going to tell Cobalt I need to go to the orphanage alone. Okay, good. Uh, Cobalt, uh, what, what are you doing I don't understand, I think. Are we going to finally have a misadventure episode about Cobalt exploring the city? Yes. Yes. Well, the the first thing Cobalt <laughs> is going to do is just like, uh, like, just like once again, like, uh, like in the morning, opening up uh, his book and then like being really confused that there are that there are more entries in there than he last remembered. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, Cobalt don't remember these being here. But it's like, but also remembering what happened uh, the the last time he took a uh, a long rest. Like, he's going to turn back to the turn back to the uh, the page where he suddenly started seeing writing for no reason, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and this time he's going to remember to do it in Draconic. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. uh, and just All like right. take out his little quote and just like, and it's going to be a little more eloquent here because he's actually writing in his actual language here. Yep. It's, uh, uh, hold, hold on, hold on. I just want to get just so you're going to be writing in your journal today. Uh, I just want to overview from anyone. Uh, after you're done writing in your journal, are you going to be doing anything else in the town? Oh, yeah. It's just like this happens at just do he would be doing this at the beginning of the day. <laughs> okay. So we'll start off with Cobalt, then work our way to uh, Dust, then Leo on what's happening today. So go right ahead. What are you writing in that journal? So in Draconic, he writes, uh, Are you a friend? And as you write that down, it's like uh, you, you've you seen like on Messenger, like you see the dots, like you know, thinking, thinking, thinking. But instead you just like a form of that in old timey uh, writing, you see like text slowly being written down in draconic and it goes what are you talking about kobold i'm your best friend just like clicks for a moment like and writes in draconic is kobold talking to master kobold is indeed talking to master how have you been and like it, it there <laughs> it's an uncharacteristic like a smiley face right after uh, being written how have you been, smiley face? And Cobalt just like start, starts just like scribbling, just like Cobalt really unsure. Cobalt really lost. <laughs> like, uh, like Cobalt doesn't know where Cobalt is. And Cobalt's really scared. And as you're writing that down, it just go. It, it writes, "Do not be afraid. I know where you are." You're on the south coast, far from me. So, so Master know where Cobalt is? That's relief. So, yes, and there's like ellipsis, but no, another ellipsis. I and it just continues on, just saying I want to know, like, 
how did you travel thousands upon thousands of miles in an instant? What did you do? Does it know what Master is talking about? Cobalt surprised as much as Master. <laughs> Cobalt, did you touch the thing I told you not to touch? Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> it just goes like another dot dot dot. Cobalt. The cobalt gulps as he's holding the quill. And then... He's shaking. <laughs> cobalt just wanted to prove to Master how useful cobalt is, so cobalt thought cobalt could handle it. And now you're useful to me thousands upon thousands of miles away from me. Like he starts frantically writing now. Cobalt, really sorry. Cobalt didn't know that was going to happen. Cobalt, please forgive that, Cobalt Master. <laughs> just like starts writing a flurry. Mm -hmm. And it just goes down. Well, everything should be fine. It's writing down. So long as you still have the gem, we can get you back. You do have the gem, right? Yes, Cobalt. Bolt and Jim are in same place. Okay. <laughs> Just writes down after that. Uh, we, I will try to figure out how to get you back. Please stay safe. Love, Vitondas. And that's it. <laughs> then uh, we cut to uh, uh, John. And he is uh, talking to a man. Uh, John... Just to put you on the spot, uh, tell me, what does this person look like? I imagine he's like a a large man with like a like a waistcoat, but it's like a little bit shabby, and and like his stomach is kind of poking through it. Yep. And he's got like a mustache and like balding hair, mm. is what I'm picturing. Yeah. And like a like an old timey like slumlord looking dude. Yeah. And he's shaking your hand, just going, Name's Sherman, it's so very nice to meet you. What can I do for you on this occasion? What brings you to my humble abode? And he's right in front of a really shabby shack, and you see, like, people moving various cargo around on the shack with, like, a few carts in the back with not exactly horses, but uh, really sick donkeys. Um... Like you've probably heard of me, I'm I'm with the the Longpaw conglomerate. Uh, I've noticed that you've got a a pretty stable operation going here. So I'm here talking to you about uh expansion opportunities. And uh, he goes, "Oh, that is so great to hear. I've been having so much trouble." And he shows you a crude map, like he has laid down on the table. And he goes, I would love to work with you. I would, but I seem to be having a problem right here. And he points down on the map. It's like a good 10 miles from where you guys are right now. And he goes, it's a day's travel up there. And I've been sending people there to clear up what the hell is happening. We're using a bit of a secret route to uh, get our general goods there nice and quick like to avoid the uh, taxation on the road. Well, what, it turns what out. What company are you using for these deliveries oh uh, I, I am the company they they call me black crate trading and it's it's a really shabby like sign that he has it is legitimately like you think the only reason they picked that name is they try to make a logo of black crate 
and they're like, all right, what the hell do we call this? Black crate. Well, I mean, you're, you're agents. You're, you're delivery agents. We are the delivery agents. What, what are you going on? Where, where, I mean, like, where are you getting your staff from? I mean, if, if they can't do a simple 10-mile delivery, I mean, you're well, obviously no. not recruiting from the... And he's waving his hands in front of you going, no, I, I deal with exports. We don't import anything. We we give out our goods. This, these are the people, my men, going out and making these deliveries. Well, the problem is, is that they ain't coming back. And I'm losing goods. And the people that I've sent afterwards also don't come back. And yeah, what's so important... I'm, what I'm hearing your problem is, is that your delivery people can't get the job done what they're not making it back because they are not skilled enough that's what uh this deal we can come up with is i give you access to more skilled employees that can make a simple 10 mile delivery and in return <laughs> you give me some of the profits no uh he uh he's uh like but did you say he just had a mustache so he's like twirling his mustache yeah, I'm imagining, like, an old-timey, like, twirled up my... Yep, that's what I was imagining, too. So he's, like, twirling his mustache, and he's going, I see, I see. Uh, all right, all right, all right. And he uh, puts down, like, a simple contract. Um, do you investigate the contract? Yeah, I'm going to look at the contract and also kind of look around for my, uh, the down payment. Okay. So, uh, make a roll for me. Um, I want you to do insight and, uh, let's see, do wisdom, wisdom insight. Yeah. 21. Wow. So again, just like, uh, you saw with, uh, the magical inquisition with their contract, there is a lot of loopholes that's more in his favor than yours. And, uh, you point them out like, uh, saying, um, we'll say, uh, that you are bound to only deal with him for like, uh, uh the next two weeks. And, you know, you scratch out saying, well, you can't control what I deal with. And he's like, right, right. And you look down. There is no down payment on your part. You can negotiate, like, okay, how much am I getting, like, just to uh, send you men to make this deal. Um, Make a D20 roll straight. Well, actually, since you caught it, add one. So D20 plus one. And we'll figure out how much gold you get. 17. Okay, 17 gold. Um, also make me a uh, D100 roll, minus 10, if it's like zero, re-roll, or negatives, re-roll. 75. 75? Wow, that's nice. So, uh, like, uh, the entire operation is about 75 gold. He's giving you 17 as down payment, and, uh, it's gonna be, you're gonna get half of 75, uh, rounded down. So, just right now I have 17, and then in yep. the future I'll get, um... What is that? 37 gold? That's, yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, 37 gold. Well, actually, no, because you're minusing uh, uh, 17 off of uh, 37, so you get 20 additional gold. So he's giving you, like, 17 now, 20 gold, like, when the job's done. Okay, so my pleasure doing business. Uh, you'll hear from me in a few weeks. Mm -hmm. All right, so... Uh, so far, what you know is, like, uh, the route, he just wants it cleared out so he could do, like, a more trading. You get cleared up, and you got, like, a firm business partner for exports only. Um, well, 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 our deal was to staffing. 
if he wants me to clear out that other thing, that's going to be well, you, you, that's why that's why I mean, like uh, the staffing. He's going to use the staffing for that, and the contract's just detailed. All right, if your staffing's good, completes the job, you'll get this, and basically confirm like a uh, agreement between the two that you will use each other for you know like trading purposes. Basically, you're going to make a partner when you send them staff. All right, sounds good. Yep, and so long as they do good. Um, oh, what's the name of this? Company again, I forgot. Uh, it's fine. Black Crate Trading. It was fun. It was some good stuff right there. I've never really done something like that. All right. Um. So, I imagine we black out from you, like uh, making a friend. Uh, did, yeah, I told you his name, right? His name's Sherman. So make sure to write that down. Okay. Um. Then we uh, roll off to uh, Dust. You go to the orphanage. Is that correct? Yes. You're going off to the orphanage, and uh, you see something that warms your heart. You see a crowd of people. Do you do anything? Stand in the background, try to go in front, meld in with the crowd. What are you doing? No, I walk right past all of them into the front door of the orphanage. Uh, you try... Well, there is no front door anymore. You can where go where it used to be. Yeah, where it was. Well, right by it, like you see a dragonborn in uh, clothes. It's all white with gold trimming. The man has dark red, uh, dark red scales with like some bright orange here and there, and he looks like he's doing a eulogy, and he goes on to say like, uh, "Yesterday was most uncoming of our community. We have suffered from an onslaught of invaders, and like everyone's just going, yep, yep, yep." And look at what the carnage that they brought and then motions to, like, uh, the kids that went down and just goes, children were lost in this. Every night we lose somebody. And you hear, like, a couple women crying, a few men crying over loss of their loved ones. And he goes, but we must always remember. This is a day to remember our dead. It's always a day to remember our dead. After every night, we must... Put them to rest. Let them know that. I'm going to push past him where everyone notices to walk through. Yeah, and he visibly like stands aside for you and like stops and goes, I'm so sorry. And just bows down to you as you walk by. Um, you want to go to the hole where they used to be? Um, uh, there is, yeah, well, they're all gone. Uh, there's uh, three to four coffins. Like, uh, rates, uh, basically set in a row at the very, like, uh, front of the building, like, on the inside. And he goes, child, we are going to give them a proper burial, uh, burial. I assure you of that. And he just looks at you with longing eyes, and he says, we must make sure that all the business is finished. Let them know they have no re- reason to stay with us let them live in the afterlife and he takes a deep breath you see it reminds you of the mist at night like there's a small haze when he starts breathing like around the kids and he takes a deeper and deeper breath and you see like the the mist above the kids like coming to his mouth and you see like demonic forms of children you recognize but they're unusual, they're hateful, they're vengeful. He keeps breathing and breathing and breathing. I'm gonna activate um, my psionic blade and point it at him. 
you can go right ahead. You point it at him, and when he takes the final breath, he point just gives you one finger, just a moment. And as like all the children came through him, he breathes out, and it's unlike the mist at night. You see sparkles of a rainbow, and like the painful moans of the children turn into like screams of joy and happy laughter. And you hear like footsteps leaving you. And around your hands, you swear, you swear, you feel the warm grip of a small hand on each hand and a hug on each leg. It's momentary. You stop. You felt it in your hand with your dagger and they try to pull you to stop do you follow the motion that they're pulling you towards or do you resist yes. okay so you pull to stop and you feel their warm embrace but you just just like when they're playing outside you hear like the echoed steps of them running and you hear a soft whisper from one of the kids, you don't know which one, and that's bothering you. Goodbye. And you don't feel anything anymore. And the Dragonborn looks at you, and he has a tear coming in his eye, and he goes, I know, it's never easy. But these kids deserve to move on. Can't let them stay. Else, they'll turn into something you can't recognize. And he shakes his head at you and just puts a hand on your shoulder. And you feel like the crowd coming in one by one, and each person from the community giving you a hug, if you accept it. There's no time for grievances. I stand up, I look at the crowd. Yeah. As I do, I pull a real dagger from my yeah. side. Mm -hmm. The one that caused all of this, some of you may know as the Jade Hand. And you audibly hear like a few people in the like crowd just have a gasp and you hear them whisper and murmur he's not supposed to be talking about that you can't talk about this we're gonna get in trouble what do you say i raise up my hand above my head and with my other arm with my dagger in it i slice across my palm by ball the jade hand will fall all right by ball huh damn and you see the dragonborn next to you, his eyes widen when you mention that name. And that warm embrace that you had around your hands, around your legs, it gets warmer and warmer and warmer until it feels like an inferno has cloaked your hand. There's no visible fire. You can feel the passion, the hatred, the vengeance going through your veins as you know Ball has seen this and he has accepted it. Alright, do you do anything else? I just want to you know, stay there until the crowd leaves. Just meditating on my kids. You, you do? And uh, as uh, things are going along, there's still people who give you pats on the back trying to talk you out of, you know, talking anymore about the jade hand or you know uh, talking about ball they still give you hugs as people you recognize growing up older seniors uh familiar uh urchin from the street that turn a new leaf and become part of the community there's just a lot of familiar faces all giving you the same mournful expression and as everyone clears up uh 
the dragonborn goes up to you and puts down a singular box in front of you as you meditate. And he looks at you and he says, The church offers many things, my friend. Should you ever need someone to talk to, anyone just to listen, always remember me. My name's Hayden. You can find me at the Church of Delgar. And he just gives you a slight nod and walks away. Obviously, like, the coffins at the time, I need to mention this, the coffins at the time have uh, been moved and buried in a cemetery. I assume you don't want to look on the inside of the coffins because, no. yeah, it's, it's closed casket. You don't want to open it. So I will open the box you left, though. Okay, you do. And we're not going to go over this right now, Um, but the box has a few things inside of it. The first is... Uh, da, 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 da. Give me one moment. <laughs> okay. First one, it has a uh, stone inside of it. It looks like a cat. It has uh, two jade eyes in it. And it is mechanically a stone of good luck. You can tune with it and get a plus one to your ability checks and saving throws. The next one is a ring. When attuned to the ring, the user always knows where the ring is. Then you have uh, the percussion of movement. When played, it gives every ally within 30 feet, 5 feet of extra movement. And just to specify, whenever an ally enters the radius or leaves the radius, the effects are still given. And it does not need an action to take effect, so it's a constant radius around what the person is. It's called an aslatwa. It's basically two balls that are connected by a rope, and you play it in one hand. It's basically like a, a shaker, but you uh, can make a beat by clanging them together. Next, you have a Cloak of Grace. Allows the user to cast Featherfall once per day. It builds majestically at other times. On natural one, the cloak gets caught on something. So anytime you fail, you could ruin the cloak. Then you have four healing potions on the inside. Each one do, does a 2d4 plus 2. Uh, you guys can split this off off air or anything you want to do. If anyone wants the same thing, you're going to have to roll off for it. So. Well, they haven't seen it yet, have they? Yeah, I know. I know, but, you know, if you want to keep it like an asshole, you can. <laughs> Just saying, like, if you guys want to split up the loot. Um, other than that, you look at the crest on the inside, or, like, on, you know, the outside. It's just, um, imagine two cards overlapping each other, like you could do in reality, and it makes a heart. So the butt end is on each other. So if you were to draw, like, a uh, blocky heart, that's what it looks like. But it looks like uh, details of cards. And there is a note on the inside saying the sisterhood feels your pain. We are always with you, Dust, as you have been with us. Anything else that you're going to do, Dust? I'm going to grab the ring and slip it on my finger and keep everything else in the box. All right. Um, it'll take about an hour to tune, but once you tune to it, you'll always know what the ring is. So you can give it to someone else and just innately know where they are. All right. Um, Cole... Cobalt, uh, what else are you going to do for the day besides, you know, like writing in a journal? We'll say that uh, you had some time to do that. How do you spend the rest of the day? Yeah, so that, you know, Cobalt on the one hand is, uh, you know, is comforted that uh, Master is looking out for him. But also he is uh, incredibly discomforted that he asked about the gem. So, <laughs> so Cobalt has decided to, 
because I, if I'm remembering correctly, like uh, in previous conversations, uh, uh, there was a good chance like uh, that his uh, that his collar had been sold off somewhere. Yep. So Cobalt is going to be wandering the city, uh, wandering the city, looking for stores, hoping that he can uh, come across his collar before bad things. So, oh, you're just going to, oh, oh, uh, like, specify. Um, you're just going to be looking around the city for your collar again? You looking anywhere in particular? Well, like I said, like, uh, because it was, uh, you know, like, because it was sold, um, he figures, like, like, oh, a place where people might sell things is a store. <laughs> so it's like, uh, it's like, you know, like, like uh, he'll, like, maybe, like, wander into, like, uh, like, like, either pawn shops or, like, uh, or if he like starts getting into like the the nicer districts, like want, uh, wandering into the uh, maybe even like actual like uh, jewelry stores, <laughs> just like like basically looking looking through those. Uh, you uh, walk into uh, one of these stores, and uh, it one of these stores like doubles as like a uh, uh, not a restaurant, but you know they serve food there. Not exactly a tavern, and you see an old man. I would say. I, I would say this man is a yeah old human with long white hair and he is just eating his food next to a picture frame or in that there's a I believe you said jewelry uh, well, uh, seconds as a jewelry store so it, it's a weird dynamic that they have going on I want to imagine some of the jewelry that they have in this lower income town uh, uses uh, those living fruit animals you've seen before. So you see like a tiny tomato inside of like a uh, glass or like a, some entrapped in some kind of material like amber, amethyst, and it's uh, made into a ring. So it's a weird curator store where it's food and jewelry combined. Cobalt, uh, not sure if what Cobalt looking for here. It's kind of like he says out loud. <laughs> mm -hmm. So uh, you can stay in, talk to the old man, leave, or uh, do something else. We can um, basically say for the day you're just uh, going in random stores as you go along. I mean, like, is there is there anything like particularly like uh, remarkable about the man apart from just like I guess he, he has he a eating? box. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, he has a box in front of him, and it looks like it could be the same size. Like, getting a general gist, it could be the same size. Uh, that could fit your gem inside of it. So there might be a possibility. So actually, you know what? Since he probably doesn't even see a store clerk, just like wanders up to this uh up to this man and just like kind of like tugs on his clothes. Uh, excuse me, Tobin. And he looks at you, and he has tattered pants, and he goes, "Oh, how I mind, how I want company," and he like lifts you up by like uh, you know underneath the pits and puts you on the table and like gives you a plate to eat as he's eating along what do you want small friend um, like just like in looking over at the store cobalt lose really precious gem on a collar and cobalt looking for it you you see one you've lost something too and he looks at you i can't say i found much young little man Besides this box, and he looks at the box. It's locked. I lost my wife yesterday. Can you believe that? And he looks up to you. My kids haven't even come to say hello, mourn with me. 
And he starts to, like, it, it, he's visibly, like, snotting into the food as he eats. It, it's getting kind of sad. I wish I had my son, my daughter. And he keeps eating. Cobalt, that food, people important, too. He seemed really sad. And he looks at you and goes, Could you make me happy? And he has, like, he tries to smile at you, but he's missing a fair amount of teeth. It's not from numb tongue, but, you know, like, it's from natural tooth decay. Mm, Cobalt make happy. And he says, "What? Well, you said you're looking for what? Well, what did you lose? The cobalt lose a... Cobalt lose a collar, but it have... It have a pretty gem inside that's really important to Cobalt. And he looks at your neck and tries to measure it out with his hands, not choking you, but, like, figuring out, okay, it's about this size. Then, like, hovers around, like, that same measurement to the box and puts it down and goes, hmm. He goes, how about this, young little friend? If you can grab me my daughter and my son, I'll give you the box. It might have it in it. I don't know what's in it. Could be the collar you're looking for. But, uh... Does, uh, does big old man know where, uh, son and daughter is? And, uh, he points, like, a general area, uh, to where it is. He basically gives you, like, crude directions on, uh, what, where they usually, like, uh, uh, do their work. And, uh, 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 I'm gonna show you on the map. Basically around here, if you can see it. He basically says it's uh, somewhere in town, around the avenue. We'll say like a Dragon Spine Avenue. Like, uh, will Big Old Man be here or in different place? And he goes, I got nowhere to be. You can find me here. So, uh, as he's about to like uh, hop off the table, but realizes, oh, Cobalt forgot. Uh, does a uh, tall old man have name? You can call me Gregory. Friends call me Greg, so call me Greg. Oh, okay. Cobalt, nice to meet you, Gregman. <laughs> Gregman, I haven't heard that since my 20s. <laughs> Alright, um, now we can say that uh, you're moving along trying to naturally go to the area that we talked about. Um, Leo, what are you doing during this time? So, am I feeling any effects from this uh, addiction? Oh, yeah, it's been about eight hours. You are starting to get cold sweats, and you feel like your teeth hurt. But you are craving it like you'd crave, like people would crave cigarettes. It's a really bad nicotine high. You will take, uh, let's see. I'm going to say a disadvantage on uh, ability checks for the next, until the next uh, short rest, shorter long rest. And if you pass, say, a uh, con check, of 10 and higher during that, like, uh, uh, short rest, we'll say that you overcame your addiction. If you don't, it worsens. So you can either try to find the drug on the streets or deal with the disadvantage for a bit. Okay, I'll, I'll deal with disadvantage. I was just wondering if I should go to a, a cleric and get this taken care of, but... You uh, you might, like, it, it wouldn't hurt to get checked out by a cleric. Well, if it, um, I think I'll, right now, if, if it's... I'll, I'll, I'll see what happens in my next check. <laughs> All right. So uh, what what exactly are you doing now? Um, you made a deal with the Black Crate trade. Um, you, yeah, uh, so I'm I'm going to start because um, I, I had the deal with the, the magical people. Um, mm -hmm. 
And that was to locate something, right? Uh, that was to do exactly what you're doing right now. So mission accomplished. You're halfway to like actually doing what you promised. You uh, you promised to find like a, uh, I, I believe it was a partner to secretly do a trade, if memory serves me right, to uh, basically give you. Well, actually, no. You actually need to find a contact too to buy it, don't you? Because you promised to lead straight into clear water sailing. The nice main road one, because I imagine that's probably the nicest of the bridges. Okay. So, at, yeah, as you're going along, uh, you see over here, if you can see what I'm talking about. As you're uh, going along, make a reflex save for me. Dexterity? Yeah. Nap 20. Uh, it, it's a, a bleach moment, an anime moment, where like you feel like something's wrong. You stop dead in your tracks, and right in front of you, you see, like... A transparent person it's not a ghost like you see bits of flesh but mostly like they're invisible they are burning with a blue fire as they come straight out of a wall then like go to the next wall disappear and then like in front of you again goes through the wall then doesn't go through the next wall they like smack their heads straight into the wall nearly breaking their neck and they're rolling on the ground on fire in front of you um yeah. <laughs> Hold on, I'm, I'm looking up what I can do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, with prestidigitation, I can instantly snuff out a small campfire. Is like that the amount of fire? Yeah, you could. Yeah, you could try. Go right ahead. Yeah, so I'm, I'm gonna try to to put out the fire. Mm -hmm. So you put out the fire, and this woman is. Like, her, her hair is all burnt up. She looks bald now. Her skin went from, like, a... Uh, she was naturally brown. Now she is, like, charcoal black. And you see, see that... alive, or...? She's barely hanging in there. The biggest thing is, is, like, you see her, like, coming in and out of reality. Kind of like a numb tongue, but it seems like it's incomplete. And you see her just, like clawing at the wall in pain until like her nails like chip off and you see like blood being like smeared on the wall as she's screaming and trying to get anyone's attention to help her. Alright, I'm going to tap her on the shoulder and cure her wounds. Yep. Uh, you have cure wounds? I do. Oh damn. And, Remember uh, I used it on myself yep. when we were fighting the... Yep. Greedy bastard. So, uh, make a roll, because I'm just generally curious how much it heals. Okay, so, six. Six? Good. Alright, so you will have a couple minutes to talk to her. Um, so, uh, uh she looks at you and goes, look at what they've done to me. Look at this. <laughs> she looks at you, and I imagine, like, as, like, you know, sitting on her ass looking up at you. Uh, you know, uh, the sun is behind you. And you're casting a nice shadow in front of you, looking regal, mysterious. Uh, what do you say to her? What's what's up? What's up with you? She like she digs into her pocket and like holds it, like covering it with both hands, and tells you, "Don't let it come out of the dark." And tries to give it to you. Do you take it? I do, but hold on. Let me look at my equipment to see how I take it. Yep. Alright, so I've got the uh my my scroll case, which I imagine is like one of those tubes where you put like yep. posters in. 
Yep. And I'm going to yep. kind of shield it with my hand as we slip it in, into that tube. Yep, you do. And uh, if you examine what she gave you, it looks like a fire, like a, a black and red fire, like encompassed in glass. That's the best way to describe it. Like, who gave this to you? I wasn't given this. I was forced to keep it, to take it. She's just seen what it did to my brother. And you see her, like, bellowing out in pain again. You're 100% sure you healed her for the most part. She shouldn't be in pain. Uh, if you examine her, you see that her stomach is glowing red. And she's just, like, grabbing at her stomach like she's having, like, stomach pains. Who did this to you? And she, like, gets on all fours and starts throwing up. Trying, like, actually like actively trying to make herself throw up to get whatever's in her out and like in moments of respite in between her vomiting on the floor trying to get whatever's inside of her out she says nickel nickel did this to me and she just keeps trying to throw it up again and again then you just start seeing like little bits of red and it just starts to change color each time at this point, I'm pretty sure. Well, first of all, I step back so I don't get any of that on my shoes. But then <laughs> um, I'm going to kind of start, you know, calling out to get some help for this poor lady. Yep. And you start seeing people like crowd around you, around her. And eventually she lays down on her side like she's given up. And you see like the skin on her stomach, it slowly like bubbles. And eventually, like, it opens, kind of like uh, if you were to pour glue on something hot or, like, uh, something like that. It, it's bubbling, creating openings until, like, finally it creates an opening for her insides to fall. And she's just shaking one more hand to you to grab something. Do you grab it? Yeah. And she tells you, like, give this to Gregory. Tell him I still love him. I wanted to see him. Ask him how mom's doing. I've been worried. I haven't seen her today. And she goes, like, closes her eyes. Then, like, intense pain comes out as, like, you see, again, she starts to combust. Her veins glow, then set on fire. And you see, like, her eyes just blister as flames spark right out of her tear ducts. And she just becomes a human torch and wastes away to ash. That was an interesting walk. <laughs> yeah, after seeing that, I think I'm going to try to re try to find um the gang. So I'll probably head towards the orphanage. Yeah, I was gonna say you're gonna naturally come by him. So we can say like you're uh coming about and you eventually make your way to the orphanage and uh, we'll move back to you in a second. Well, let's uh, focus on Cobalt. Then uh, once we finish up this little misadventure, we might end it. So, Cobalt, you go to uh, the area he described. It's a rundown shack. And you see a few familiar faces. Not exactly familiar, but a familiar tattoo. Around the corner, you can see like uh, two men guarding a door with a badger's tattoo on them. Do you openly go up to them? What do you do? Uh, like, are, are they, are they guarding the doorway of the 
of the designated place or just have just like a doorway? Um, the doorway to the place. And you hear a man shouting from the inside, but it looks like no one's paying mind as they're walking back and forth. Seems like this kind of stuff people have just naturally turned a deaf ear to. It's, uh, like, a, like, a, like trying to, like, uh, scope around the area. Like, uh, does it look like there's an either, like, an open window or, not open window, but, like, uh, like a, a, you know, like, a window to look through or otherwise, uh... Yeah, you can, uh, look at the window if you want. You can probably eavesdrop on what's happening in there. Yeah, because, uh, because Cobalt just, uh, doesn't want to deal with the tattooed men right now, but needs to know what's happening inside, so... And as you look at the window, you see, like, a cloaked figure, like, just punching a man who's tied up in his chair. Guy has a black eye, and he is screaming. But the moment he opens his mouth, the man shoves a piece of glass into it. And there's, like, it's black and red, like a fire inside of that glass. He just shoves it in his mouth, and the moment the guy does it it's like uh if you guys eat something that's too hot you try to cool down your mouth and then like he starts to just plainly scream even louder as he slightly goes transparent and he nearly escapes his binding but he keeps like coming back to it it's not like he's going completely transparent and his stomach begins to glow and his eyes shine brighter as a gleam uh gleam with a glaze and the man goes it's not successful yet not yet! And he goes to the table, and there seems to be, like, a lot of apparatuses as he's, like, experimenting with herbs and stuff. And he... Help me out, guys. What's that, uh, fan that you would use at a hearth to keep the fire going? With a little, uh, weird thing on the back? Basically, Bellows? Bellows? Yeah, thank you. Uh, basically, he has, like, a miniature bellow that he is, like, pushing to make this fire grow fiercer and fiercer and eventually like uh he he does something you can't see and uh you see the fire turn to glass and goes this is a science this is supposed to work how i want it to and he cuts the glass in half and looks at it looks at it sees a reflection off the glass and we see cobalt through that reflection as he's looking at it mm, interesting interesting he puts it in his hand and he starts walking around like he hasn't noticed Cobalt. And he basically just turns the man around and he does something to the man that Cobalt can't see. Cobalt, do you stick around? Do you go inside? What do you do? Uh, Cobalt, yeah, he might. Yeah, considering this, uh, like, I guess, like, uh, I don't know if, like, uh, if the the man would have given a description of uh, of his son or not, um, or if it was just mm. the location of where they were supposed to be living, it, he gave a like we can say off screen. He gave a description. This is exactly what the kid looks like. That is the kid in question. Now the question okay. is, yeah, I was gonna say like the question is, does like Cobalt go into a scary situation alone, or does he try to find help really quick? What's happening? Uh. I know Cobalt has only been wandering around the city for a little bit, but uh, I don't I don't imagine that he is uh, is anywhere uh, anywhere near the orphanage where he last saw Dusty Kitty. Let's uh, check really quick. If we were to measure the distance. You are 
300 feet away. So, in game terms, you could make it there in like a minute or two and make it back in a minute or two. So, like four or five minutes tops if you hurry. Yeah, just like Cobalt. Uh, yeah, Cobalt is like wrestling with, wrestling between like, gotta do something now, but Cobalt is also Cobalt and very alone. <laughs> so, it's, uh, so, he is going to quickly hop off the window and make a mad dash toward the orphanage. Okay. As you do so, our group meets up. We see Leo coming around. We see Dust meditating. We see uh, Cold Bolt uh, making a mad dash. And we see a goblin in familiar, like, danky clothes as he comes up to Dust and says, I need help. I have a job. And that's where we'll end. This has been House Common Blood, the intro music by White Sand, Promise, and the outro music by Darren Curtis, Time's Up. Any music and sound effects used in the episode are royalty-free. Credits can be found in the episode description. Please review us on whatever podcast listening app you happen to be using. And if you like us, tell other people. Word by mouth is the best way for us to grow. Thank you for joining us, and make sure to tune in next week.